Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Royals FC Show podcast. We are bringing you the all, all the excitement of episode 21 today, which is still every every number, every time it grows, it's going to be a big surprise to me. I, I'm glad we're doing this and still going. I'm Ryan Kelly. With me, as always, are... I'm Cindy. And I'm Virtue. Excellent. So... Um, a lot of stuff to talk about, as always. Uh, let's just start things off with... Unfortunately, we are going to have to talk about the match on Saturday. Uh, 2 nothing loss in Chicago. Um, scoreless at the half. Um, things didn't look too terrible, but then just kind of broke down. And uh, Chicago made the most of their chances when they got them. So what, uh, what kind of things did you guys see or notice about the game? I um oh go ahead Cindy. <laughs> no, I will let you go first. Okay. <laughs> um I feel like a lot of the passing was kind of off. Um I remember looking at the stat sheet and like Amy Rodriguez had like a 50% like passer rating and like Becca Mora or sorry, percentage and Becca Moros who also had the most passes, I believe. Uh you know, was only going for like 61, 62%. And so that definitely needed to be cleaned up a bit. I think there's also this, I don't know, we're, we're kind of like, it kind of shows that we're missing Brooke LB a little bit. And I think that time will sort that out. But I think there's, I don't know, we were just off. The first half was fine. The second half was not good. Yeah, I, I think, I think that the defense was definitely off, especially on that second goal where um, Becky Sauerbrunn was going defending one on one with Sam Kerr, and there was just so much space for Vanessa DiBernardo to make that run and be completely open, and credit to Sam Kerr who was able to um, just catch that and pass. And DiVernardo just finished. Um, so I I was not... I, I thought that Sabrun and Corsi had rough games. Um, and, I, and I think with those two... And this is something I've noticed from the past, at least the losses, that when those two kind of have like an off game or make just a couple mistakes, it kind of ends up hurting the whole entire team. Um, that's just me though. That's just what I noticed. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's certainly true for any team. Like if your center backs are struggling, you know, um, when like RSL has been through that, when Justin Glad was, was new and was kind of finding his feet defensively. And if his partner back in the back line didn't have, a, you know, if they were off, you know that that's a tough spot in the field to not have a solid defense. So, um, and you know it was it was interesting to hear. Um, I love I love uh, listening to Harvey's reactions because she's just so straightforward about everything, and and she just came right out and said we we missed it. You know we we weren't we didn't execute the 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 something about the preparation was off. That was just we got that one wrong. And the great thing about saying that and, you know, it's, it's, it's very accountable for one thing, but then it, you know, it shows that 
it's fixable. If you can see where you went wrong, you know, then you can, you can do something about it and not have that happen again. And that's always big going forward from, um, you know, a situation where I think a lot of us thought that, you know, two wins were, the team was looking really good, two road wins. Um, and then to, and then to have that loss, it kind of, kind of let the air out of things a little bit, but, um, but you know, one thing I did notice, or, and I, and I mentioned this in my, um, in my, what we learned article was, I guess if you, you know, if you really look back at those two wins, was the team playing it the best they possibly could? I, I, I don't know. You know, the, the sky blue, you know, they won that game kind of off of, you know, a lucky, you know, they I mean they they forced the play in, but got a deflection and an own goal. Um, they they rode that that North Carolina game all the way down to the final minute and uh, got a got a tough you know a good hard work play to to get a win. But you know if they were playing the way that I think they're capable of over the full ninety minutes, they're they're not even in those situations where they're looking for a a late winner. So I guess. I guess that's just how it went for us this week. Um, player of the match, who do we have? Always tough in a loss, but... I went with Gory, personally. She had six tackles. Mm. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of a lot for mm-hmm. you know her playing in the position that she plays. Um, she also had five shots. Granted, only two were on target, but... That was still the most in the game. So mm, she is a hard worker, that's for sure. Yeah, and I heard somebody say that um, they they didn't feel like Gunny, like nobody, like you didn't even have a reason to call her name out. Not necessarily good or bad, but she just kind of wasn't there really on the field. So, um, yeah, yeah, the defensive struggles. um, Yeah. I think Gory's a good choice. Yeah, I I I agree with that too. Um, just from looking at the stats and what she was able to do, I think another one was probably Desiree Scott up there um, in that midfield. She had um, she had some like an eighty-two point four percent passing accuracy um, for playing a whole ninety minutes. So that's that's really impressive um, for just playing for playing the entire game. Um, and going back on Gunny a little bit, she seemed like she t- took a couple of knocks. Like, I f- almost feel like she should have been taken out. Um, she seemed to be hurting. At least every time I glanced up and there was a foul, it was Gunny. Um, and she seemed to struggle um, to get up. Obviously, she got right back into the game, so it was fine. But, um, yeah, she, she took a beating in this one. For sure. It's, I mean, I don't know, I don't know necessarily what her, you know, condition after each of these uh, big hits that we've seen her take may or may not be, but a, an interesting thought to go along with that was what happened to Justin Glad on Saturday where he went in 50, 50 on a, on a header with a San Jose player and their heads hit really hard and they both came off, came back on to play and, not too long after that, Glad went to the sideline and said, I've got something weird in my vision. You guys have to take me out of the game. 
I shouldn't be out there. And that was a lot of people were speaking about the, the maturity that takes for a young player like him. And you always want to be on the field, of course, uh, for him to recognize that and think, you know, it's more important for me to make sure I'm okay. Um, I, you know, that doesn't seem like a, not, not meaning this is a negative, but that that's not something Gunny has in her. I don't think she's ever going to go over and say, ah, oh, nope, I can't, I can't play right now. Sorry. So, um, but that's just an interesting thought, you know, I mean, should, you know, maybe the team needs to, you know, evaluate her and see if she's, you know, lagging somehow because she's not feeling her best after getting in quite a few tough challenges over the last couple of weeks. So I don't know. Might be worth looking into. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah, tough game. Um, any other thoughts on the last game? Um, I got a little, it was a little scary to watch Abby Smith just colliding with that far post um, on that first goal. Uh, that looked pretty brutal, and I'm, I hope she's okay. I mean, she continued in the game, but when you get injured, there's so much adrenaline <laughs> that you don't For notice sure. the your injuries till after the game. So um, hopefully I'll, we'll find out tomorrow what her status is going to be, but um, I don't know. Maybe Laura gives her some time off. I don't know. That seemed like it hurt, though. I was like, oh, I don't know. And they kept replaying it, and it was just so hard to watch every time. Um, but, yeah, I hope she's okay. For sure. Hey, you know, I think I think we lost Virchow. No, I'm here. Oh, you are? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you were so you were so quiet, and then the Skype thing mm-hmm. said there were only two people on the call, so I got. Oh, worried. weird. No, I mean, you know, I give the hot takes. You two <laughs> say the smart things. I figure I, we um, <laughs> we we counterbalance out my hot takes in this sure. episode. So I'll sure, just let sure. you two speak a lot more. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I just want to make sure we still had you there. Yeah. No, I'm alive. Uh, I'm good. Awesome. Good. Um, okay. Well, uh, then with with last week taken care of, we've got a busy week of of games. Uh, they've got to do a quick turnaround and play Seattle on Wednesday, and that is Sky Blue, right, on Saturday? Yes. So um, looking forward to this match. Of course, there's a lot of storylines going on with this one. This is Laura Harvey's old team uh, coming to town. And a lot of the Royals players, this is their coach from Kansas City coming back to to strategize against them. And that always adds an interesting little wrinkle when your co- the opposing coach knows a lot about what players' tendencies are and, and, and might be able to direct against them a little bit better. Um, so a, a win um, – oh, sorry, let me add, too, it's also Pride Night – at, at Rio Tinto Stadium. So I believe they're going to put the rainbow-colored numbers on the jerseys and, and have quite the, quite the celebration for that going on, uh, which will be great to see. Um, I wonder if there's a way to get, like, to buy the jerseys with the rainbow-colored numbers because that would be I, really cool. I know people have been asking the team store about that. I haven't seen them reply that that's going to be possible yet. I, who knows? I mean, they, those could be like super limited edition and maybe they want to like auction those off after yeah. the game or something. I don't know. That's what I was thinking that maybe they're probably, they're probably keeping yeah. that pretty reserved 
for the yeah, yeah it's fair. Um, yeah, but I was anyway. just thinking maybe we can have some given to us, you know, for our, our fandom and public service. Well, sure, <laughs> sure, right? Just, just kidding. Um, but but really though, um, if yeah, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> that would be great. So uh, a win, you know, the great thing about even with that loss, uh, the race for playoff spots is still pretty tight. You know, North Carolina is still way ahead. Um, Orlando. Uh, got a, a win, great midfield goal uh, to 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 get a one nothing win for them, and they've separated themselves up in second place a little bit, but there's still this big pack of Portland, Chicago, uh, Utah, uh, Houston's not too far back, and so a win over Seattle would move the Royals from sixth place to third, which is still a great opportunity to to, to have. Um, Something to watch from Seattle. Megan Rapino has scored five goals this season so far. Everybody knows she's dangerous at, at any moment. Um, she is also second in the league with shots taken. Uh, she's taken 39 shots. So they're definitely going to be a challenge to the defensive line and for Abby Smith in goal. Um, and as a... As a team, they're second in the league in shots on goal. And as we were just discussing, defense has been a little bit shaky at times lately. So um, that's going to have to sharpen up. But uh, definitely watch maybe for Sam Johnson to come in and make an impact on toughening up the defense. Um, and also, Laura Harvey did say that uh, she hadn't decided yet, I guess, if it'll be starting or subbing in. But... Kristen Press should play on Wednesday. So go get your tickets, everybody. <laughs> I, uh, I, put a, I put a poll up on my Twitter account. Um, just, I don't know that I necessarily believed it, but just as a, just as a thought, you know, is she going to get our attendance up and maybe even threaten that opening day attendance mark? Um, I don't know. That might just be wishful thinking on my part that we'll just be packing them in. But... Um, but we'll see. So uh, your guys' thoughts on Seattle coming up? Want to win. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, Seattle's, Seattle's a good team. Um, they kind of had an off game last week. They lost to North Carolina 41. Not sure what was going on there. Um, again, I think it all just came down to executing a game plan um, from what I read. So... Yeah, Megan Rapino is the player to watch. She has five goals, um, so she's good. Uh, Lynn Williams is – oh, I'm sorry. Not that Williams. I'm confusing her with Lydia Williams, who is the goalkeeper for Seattle. Um, Who else they got? Man, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Uh, Jody Taylor, she's uh, an English international, and she's fourth in uh, shots on goal. So they definitely have a lot of, um, what's it called, threats to score as well, and their defense is pretty solid. I think they're a very well-rounded team. Um, but I think this is the game that that I've been looking forward to watching just because it's Laura Harvey versus um, Vladko Andonovsky, and they've met twice in the NWSL Championship, and Vladko has um, won them both. And then it just goes to the whole back switcheroo of um, 
you know, the player. They kind of did a switcheroo of teams um, in a way. So I'm kind of excited yeah. to watch that. Um, yeah, I, Seattle is going to be a tough team. But they'll also be coming and playing in elevation. So I wonder how much that will affect them. I have no idea what the elevation is in Seattle. Um, it's non-existent. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> then they're, they're going to have, yeah, it's going to be, they're, they're going to have to settle to that. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting for them for sure. I think the elevation will make a difference. And mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, definitely after, because especially after beating North Carolina, the Chicago game was one that you really thought that we were going to win especially with Chicago shipping out, you know, five of their players, if you include folks who were released, uh, you think that there would be a lot of, like, difference and maybe problems with team chemistry. So it really should have been one to win. And so I think also um, the excitement of, like, being back home. I know that that means a lot, and it being Pride Night, I think there's a lot of... Um, extra motivation and inspiration to go and get the job done. Kristen Press Night. <laughs> yeah, that Kristen too. Press Night, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, I would I also, just if we're mentioning players on, um, on Seattle, uh, they have Allie Long that they got in the, in the trade from, from Portland. And uh, Rumi Utsugi is a fantastic player. I was looking at their lineup from that loss to North Carolina that they had uh, over the weekend, and I didn't see Jess Fishlock's name in their lineup. Have, have either of you heard if she's hurt or? Yeah, she's been off. I mean, she's been injured the past f- couple of weeks. Uh, let, okay. me see, let me see. Let me let me look at the quick injury report. Uh, but I know there was talk that she'll prob- she will probably miss the game again. Um, yeah, she has a right quad strain, so... Ah, uh, okay. That's never fun. No, so I, I, yeah, don't expect her on Wednesday. Yeah, as I say, that's just the opposite side of the leg from what mm-hmm. Kelly O'Hara is dealing mm, with in the yeah. hamstring. Yeah. So, yeah, no fun. No fun. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't mind her being hurt because mm-hmm. she's also... She so, she's also a player I don't want to see on the field. Right. Yeah, Dangerous, sure. dangerous midfielder, so... Okay. Yeah. Well, um, do we have anything else on Seattle? No, that they'll just be a good team. And um, oh, they are imposter royalty. <laughs> yes. No one reigns. You can only be royal. <laughs> right. Okay. That's good. That's a good take. I like it. There we go. And just I doing just, my job. Yep, and, and I, I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get uh, personal here. I just, uh, there's something about Seattle in general that just kind of sets me off. So, I, uh, I don't know. Well, it's funny. So, my, my mother-in-law grew up kind of around the Seattle area, and she saw his family up there. Um, or at least being a being an army kid, she spent a lot of years in that area, and so by association, all of my brothers-in-law. Love the Mariners, loved the Seahawks, loved the Sonics before they moved to Oklahoma City. And I just I think just the the years now of being around them, liking those teams, I, I don't I, I naturally I have to not like whatever my wife's brothers like, right? So 
Uh, so anytime we can beat a Seattle, you know, Sounders, Rain, I don't care if we beat them. You know, when, when RSL beat Sounders 2 in the Open Cup the one year, like, I didn't, it was, it was all good to me. So, I, yeah, I want a big, big win against them. But do you well, shop, sh- do you shop at Amazon, on Amazon? <sighs> Unfortunately. Mm. So there's Unfortunately. one Seattle thing you love. I know. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, see, that reminds me of, well, see, and I've got, what, I've got an Xbox, I've got a computer with Microsoft stuff on it. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, I know. Kills me that Xbox is the Sounders sponsor, and I'm just like, ew, no, that feels dirty, but. Uh, Do you listen a, to grunge? <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally. I don't, I don't love Nirvana, though. Did you back in the and, day when, like. Kind of, yeah. Not really. I'll say I like I like Pearl Jam more, which will make Matt Gash if he ever listened to our show. I, are I they, do like Pearl Jam. Are they grunge uh, though? I don't know much about them. Oh yeah. So. Oh, they are. Oh yeah. Okay. And then uh, and then um, Soundgarden was one of my favorite bands. So mm. somehow I so, confused. Okay, them. fine. It's not. It's not a totally horrible place or good <laughs> things, except, except that whole Starbucks nonsense. We can do without that. That's true. I'm not a fan of Starbucks. But most of the people I hear from Seattle talk about, like, Seattle's Best and Top Pot and all these other coffee places that, like, no, Starbucks is like the Walmart of coffee to us, and we only drink at the Targets and wherever else is of, I don't know. I'm going off. I'm going off. Bad comparison, probably. But Okay. Well, yep. So come on out to the riot Wednesday night and watch the team uh, put Kristen Press in a gold jersey and have a lot of fun. Um, it was it was really neat. Um, so I, I got to, uh, I was in the autograph line for her and Sam Johnson before the RSL game on Saturday. And they actually had like four racks of jerseys in every size, both home and away. And they had the numbers and names for both players right there and the, the little heat press and they were ready to say, you want one with her number on it right now to go have her sign it? Here it is. We'll <laughs> put it, we'll put it in your hands right now. Um, that was, that was really neat, but, uh, it was cool to get up, go up and just give it, I, I foolishly, I didn't introduce myself as, you know, writer extraordinaire and, and co-host of the podcast. Oh I man, you should I have. I should have totally name dropped us, but I think I was a little, I think I was a little starstruck. Uh, it's okay. Getting up there and just, I was like, hi, thanks for coming to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was cool. There was, that was a huge line waiting to, waiting to mm. see them. So Ryan was fangirling. I, I was, I was for sure. I think everyone's fangirling if we're being my, honest. My brother-in-law true. that went to the game with me was fangirling, and he didn't <laughs> even watch soccer. He was just like, but this is cool. Like, I know who she is, and if she's playing for your team, that's awesome. So Yeah. Should be should be exciting. Yeah, she's, so, she's got a lot of what fans. About, yeah, what about the whole, like, we're going to have higher attendance ratings because all these guys are going to show up to the games now oh, because it matters. Gosh. Like that, that pisses me off that. Oh, I saw that in a comment right after the team announced they signed her and somebody was like, Oh, uh, I'll be able to get my boyfriend to come now. Like, well, what is that? If he wouldn't show up before, then leave him home. Cause he obviously doesn't care about soccer at all. He's, uh, 
you know, I mean, he must be he must be in the similar vein to that guy that uh, Mircho and I saw on Twitter that was uh, uh, dogging. Let's on. just name drop him. Total douche. What, what, what's his name? Let's just do it. Uh, Clint. So this guy named Clint Greenwood, oh, who what? apparently runs a soccer academy called GreenwoodSoccer.net. Like his front page is. Um, you know, like some famous women soccer players and a bunch of other people, but he's just making all these nasty comments on the NWSL, like on the, like vote for the goal of the week. He said, hang on, I have to pull it back up. He said, Hey fat cow, you scored because it's girls football with a goalkeeper. That is Swiss cheese. Um, He's Mm. commented in the past. Every woman's goal is just that a big shit fest of mistakes and they can't even strike a ball. But like this is a person who has who is a soccer coach hosting a soccer program and they're blatantly saying things like this on Twitter. It's like you are absolute trash. Do you think and it's a troll? Gr- no. 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 The site great, is legit. Yeah, mm. and what's great too is that his Twitter profile says 20, in, in its 26th year, educating and developing great soccer players and great people that are completely derogatory towards women and say they're crap soccer players. That's okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool, man. Yeah. Um, not, not a fan. Yeah. I noticed that all. I noticed that all takes place down in Santa Clarita, which is uh, they're a big rival of. I'm not saying he's associated with that team, but. Santa Clarita is a, a club that the RSL women team plays against, and it's kind of a, a big rival. <laughs> so, like, hmm, no wonder I don't like them. No, I don't like them because they're good and they always beat us. But Yeah, so, okay, don't be jerks to women soccer players because I will, I will always maintain until they prove me wrong, and believe me, I would love for them to, but you look around America right now and our women are the ones winning world cups and qualifying for world cups and not our men so we don't have any room to rip on our women soccer players at all at least as far as i'm concerned yeah okay 100 so, all right uh We've talked about the game and the teams. We've we've bashed on people. We're doing well. <laughs> we got to make sure we take care of, of, of wrongness wherever we see it. Uh, so uh, I guess we'll move on to questions. We we put out the weekly call to get people to ask us stuff, and thankfully people responded. Yeah, we so, had a lot. Yeah. So I hope. I, I'll just scroll down to the bottom of what I've got. And if you see anything else that I don't, you know, fill in for me. But, um, so the one down at the bottom, the, uh, the ever popular athlete burner account <laughs> wrote in and said, Laura Harvey sh- said, Kristen press should play in the game on Wednesday. Does she start and does she score? Um, if it were me, I would start her as long as she's up for it. Um, I don't see any reason not to. I mean, I don't know how much practice she's done with the team. Um, Getting here at the end of the week and they were mid-prep for uh, and then traveling to to Chicago. 
and then they they practice today and tomorrow and then they've got to play so that that's going to be one of those you know how well does she integrate how well does she fit in and but i mean i want to see her i want to see her go and and yeah i mean yeah i think she can easily well i shouldn't say easily but i think that's kind of what the hype is about her is she's always a threat to score so uh what do you guys think I think she's either going to play 60 minutes or she's going to play 30 minutes. I think that there could be a lot of temptation to um, maybe try to have her play a full 90 minutes because it's not like, you know, Alfredo Ortuño. She's in form. She's in mm-hmm. shape. You know, she's been playing in Sweden. And she's played against Laura Harvey before. So she sort of knows tactically what Laura Harvey expects and how she plays. So I don't think that the transition has... I mean, you know, this is all speculative, but I don't think that the transition has been too hard for her. Um, but I think altitude is what will be the big thing and just some of the more nuanced things. So I wouldn't be surprised to see her start, but if she does, I think she's definitely a sub in the 60th minute. Yeah, I don't think they start her. Uh it could be one of those Katrina Gory situations where I didn't even expect Gory to, to like play in the game. I believe it was the Portland game. She had just gone, I mean, gone into town on the uh, the Wednesday before the game, which was on a Saturday, and she made an appearance, which I was surprised. But um, yeah, I don't think she starts. I think she comes in as a sub in the second half. Um, and then she's going to score a goal and win. So there we go. Yes. I like <laughs> That's it. That's a good take. I like, I that like take. it. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, well, let's see. Uh, next question is, will Kristen play as a forward or as a midfielder? She was presented as a midfielder at the RSL game. Um, her name tag on her, when they were signing autographs said forward on it. I was not listening closely when they announced her and Sam um, to see to hear what they said. Um, I've always thought of her as a forward, um, and I mean I know you kind of get into those uh, those tactical semantics in you know is is the formation that kind of all the RSL teams use one that has three midfielders and three forwards, or does it have five midfielders? And one forward, but two of those midfielders just play really high. And, you know, that varies by who are those two guys on the wing. Um, I think either either type of player can fit in there. Um, and same thing goes with, you know, I think of Diana Matheson as more of a midfielder than a forward. But she plays on that forward line. Um, I kind of think the same thing about Timrak when she plays. But uh, for, for me, press is a forward. Um, that that's what I would you know. That's kind of her national team role. Um, that's what I would say. Um, on that note, and this is completely hypothetical. I doubt it will happen because you know the team is really into that top-down approach formation-wise. What do you think about like a four-four-two? Who are the two? Um, Rodriguez and Press. And Press, okay. That would be that would be interesting to see, um, just like a flat four in mm-hmm. the midfield, or kind of the like not a diamond, right? Yeah, no, not not a diamond. Okay, 
that could be that could be interesting. So you'd have like Scott and Gunny in the middle, I guess, and mm-hmm. uh, and then you could put Matheson and Gory out wide to to run the wings and provide service. Um, yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking definitely that Scott and Gunny will sit sit back and definitely take more of like a CDM role, mm-hmm. um, but then they'll definitely get forward. Yeah, and I mean, okay, I'm no, I'm no tactical genius. Certainly, I guess the only thing I think about with that is how much does that limit how much the fullbacks can overlap and and get into the attack if you've got midfielders in front of them. Um, the nice thing about the three men midfield is that it lets you compress them into the middle and spread the fullbacks up the wing a little more. But I don't know that that's a like a huge issue. Either way, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of examples out there of how a 4-4-2 works, even with the fullback still providing a ton of support upfield. So. Or she could do a 4-2-3-1. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a cool one. I think that's her backup. Yeah. And I think at this point... Who's po- the middle what? three? So, like, that would be, like, Gory and Matheson and um, somebody. Well, I guess you'd have to drop press back onto that middle line. Or, you know, you could actually, you could leave Amy Rodriguez in the middle of that, almost like as a false nine, playing That's underneath, what I'm thinking. playing underneath press, and that would work really well too because press could go up at the front. She's played the central striker position too. And she would attract a lot of, te- of attention in the middle of the field that would give Amy space to work under there. That, would, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Laura, I hope you're listening. Come Cindy, on the show Cindy and critique the tactical our ideas. <laughs> Yay. And she's, like, and she's like, you guys are horrible. I don't know. <laughs> Trey, can you, can you tell uh, Laura our um, suggestion? Yeah. Go with the four, two, three, one. Pass our... And, our tactical and we would like credit if she goes with it. <laughs> and they win by six goals. Yeah, and they win by six goals. But if I, they lose, yeah. if they lose, we had nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, I didn't do it. But I think yep. at this point, because uh, I, I think that's where I'm really trying to come to terms with: is four three three really working at this point? I don't think it is. Trey, don't tell oh. her that. Um, but I really don't think it's like. I think the offense is so stagnant right now with that formation, and that's just me. That's my hot take for the night. I 100% echo that hot take. Yeah, m- me too. I mean, again, to since I mean, a lot is is spoken about how organizationally the whole. Um, you know, one of the reasons they liked Laura Harvey as a coach was that it was a coaching style similar to what the men's teams were doing in terms of formation and strategy. Uh, and I, I kind of feel like, you know, I, th- I think the same thing about RSL a lot too. You know, they, they do a 4-3-3 and I don't see where they're generating a ton of dangerous chances with that either. So um, uh, that's always a tough choice. I guess that's why the coaches make all the money, right? Because I, I don't know how you, like, when do you make that decision and how do you know it's going to work? It's probably something you have to work on in practice and break the tactics down with the players to know what the expectations are going to be if you do switch to that. Um, 
It could be interesting, though, to see if maybe if press doesn't start on Wednesday and they sub her in, maybe that's a, a switch they can make and and kind of line up a little differently to, to try that. I don't know. All right. Um, next question, one of the always popular questions, when will they have online merchandise, uh, which the answer is next year? Um, They've they've said repeatedly they just they couldn't get it up and running on such short notice, but they're going to really go full on with that next year. And I keep hearing something that the NWSL is in the midst of a much needed update to their end of the online shopping experience, which has been pretty bad Mm -hmm. for quite a while. You can get flash jerseys on their website still. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's so outdated. Um, It's so bad. Yeah, so hopefully that all kind of rolls together that um, because and I, I know like a lot of people probably may or may not know about like the, th- the thorns have this really great online shopping. You know, they can you can get stuff from anywhere, ship to anywhere, um, which I think ties in in a lot of ways to what the what the Timbers already had and, and how big they're, you know, they've got chapters of their fan clubs all over the U.S. So they needed to develop that for their fan base. But hopefully the rest of the league will catch up to that. Although, you know, de- supply and demand, right? It's how, how much has there really been a need for that stuff? And we're kind of finding out firsthand that we've got fans that are going down to the team store, buying a bunch of stuff and shipping it off to people, which is a great time to mention Rick. Rick Walker, our, uh, <laughs> one of our big couriers and a, a guy we always like to give a shout-out to on the show. Um, and then the other question, that uh, that was Joe Cromwell that, that sent us that question, also asked, do you travel with the team? Don't we wish? Yeah, for sure. Um, also, also, anybody at RSL listening, like we would love to do that. No, I'm just yeah. Wink, wink. Seriously, yeah. wink, wink. Right, yeah. If they didn't have, while we're dropping names, if, if you know, Carla and Skylar and Roscoe weren't already awesome at what they do, <laughs> you know, they, they might need us. But uh, I, I could be Roscoe's uh, assistant. I could, like, carry his cameras around. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I could oh, do yeah. that. I could totally do For that. For sure. For sure. Well, and, you know, um, there was a match, I think it was North Carolina, where Greg Rubel couldn't travel, and so mm. they picked out some guy who, who yeah. did a really good job from North Carolina. But, I mean... I'm I'm somewhat knowledgeable and I can I can contain myself on live TV. Yeah, you so, can we'll uh, fill in we'll anytime. Yeah, yeah. Fill I I, I will happily fill in for Greg Rubel. Yeah, you both have if a desired. very nice, clear voice that it comes across as yeah, a broadcast voice. There we go. Oh, thank Ooh. you. You're welcome. Thank you. I really appreciate You're that. Welcome. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, so then we had a question from Ian. Uh, he wanted to, he asked us, when does Trey Fitzgerald get to be on the show? Uh, and he, Trey also replied and asked when he gets to be on. We'll make that happen. For sure. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll nail down the details on, on technically, like, how do we make that happen with yeah. the way we record and, and where he can be available. But we'll do talk to him for sure. For sure. Because uh, talking to Trey is always a good time. And, uh, I mean, ton of knowledge about the organization, a uh, ton of great input to give. So or that maybe, would be a super cool interview mm-hmm. to do. Um, maybe he'll get e- a, um, 
did somebody say something on our show? They said something really controversial, and they got called out on Twitter. They did. Who was that? <laughs> Some guy. That... I think it was a guest. I think it was, was a guest it? that we had on the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Probably. Yeah. Okay. We're all smart people. We don't, you know. Oh, we don't. We don't, make we don't weird say silly things. Like 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 that. The goalkeeper can't cut it. And yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone said anything remotely close to that. <laughs> Not at all. Um, Ian also wanted to know why can't we beat Chicago? Uh, also, we would love to know that ourselves. Um, it was so interesting because it was it it really was like playing two different teams um, from the first time we faced them to now. Um, they had players back. It was in their stadium. Uh, there was a lot going on that made that a different challenge to go up against, and they're. Um, you know, despite whatever drama you might hear about that players might not like their coach and whatnot, you know, the, the players that are there and, and, you know, Rory Dames gets good performances pretty consistently. Um, he's, uh, if I recall correctly, currently the only like original NWSL coach still coaching the team he started with. So he, you know, he, he knows what he's doing and they haven't had any reason to, to let him go or, find somebody else to come in um and you know it's just it's it's tough um hopefully we should play them at least once more right yes i can't remember if it's here in chicago i think it might be in utah let me check i'll check okay yeah so hopefully we'll figure that out the next time we come up against them um whether that's regular season or if we if we get a playoff match against them somehow um, I, I definitely will. We can't stay winless against everybody. I mean, if we can beat North Carolina in North Carolina, we'll figure out a way to get Chicago. Um, and for Chicago, this was, um, this was, I think maybe the first game where they, they, they're getting back. They're start, they have slowly started to get back. The players have been injured for so long. Like Di Bernardo mm-hmm. is slowly working her way back in. Casey Short. So, um, yeah, and I think they were played this game. Anyway, I've I've always thought that Chicago was going to be um, a tough team in 2018, but that's just me. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, next question was um, this: uh, just the Twitter account just said it's at Royals and Jazz. The uh, instead of a name, there's just a little girl emoji and a soccer ball. So, um, but the question was, how can we increase fan participation? I don't sit with the court of Royals, but want the rest of the fans to be involved everywhere. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a question that could cover any soccer team in Salt Lake pretty much. Um, I mean, the RSL crowd isn't terrible, but, um, I, I would love to have the answer to that one too. Um, should we read the responses to that? Yeah, yes. Um, so uh, the Grizz father, Russell Grizz, uh, also a great supporter of, of women's soccer and, and RSL in general, too. He said, I have come to the conclusion that majority of Utahns just don't get or care for soccer match culture. Unless you sit in a supporter section, there is no chanting or cheering except for singing Believe at RSL games. 
I sit in section 24 for the Royals games, and my daughter and I are the only ones chanting. Uh, and then our, our, our friend Rick said, I mean, people do want to chant and will chant. How do I know? Because I, one match I got a chant started, uh, I jumped off the capo stand and kept the cadence as I ran through the sections all the way to the expensive west center line seats. Uh, I guess we just need to get a chant list. Um, and that's entirely possible. You know, uh, RSL did that in kind of coordination with some of the supporters groups a couple years ago. They printed out and put out on the seats before the game some cards that had the chants and so that people could read the words. And um, RSL also has that up on their website, too, for, for the RSL chants. Um, for Royals, I think it's tough just because it's a first-year team and even the people who know what soccer culture is like and how chants are supposed to work and all that kind of stuff. I don't think we know what to do for this team yet. You know, um, I mean, RSL was a team for years before the believe song even got written and, and that kind of stuff just takes time. Um, you know, we're all very jealous and envious of the, the you know, the hundred year old clubs in Europe that have, songs to last the entire 90 minutes and a chant for every situation and even teams in the in the u.s like seattle and portland who have you know 30 40 years worth of history behind their clubs at various levels um that's kind of in my mind that's a lot of what the secret to it is is it just takes time um we've had what five home games in our in the first 12 matches this year i think um we just have to start thinking of ideas. Um, I mean, and I mean, let's always try anything. If you have an idea, bring it up with the people around you that you sit with. Bring it up, and mention it to us, or mention it to anybody you know that's going to a game, and we can try and see if we can get stuff started. A, a lot of times, you know, we did something at the RSL game Saturday that we have never done before. Where after they announced Demir Krylock for scoring, we just kept chanting his name over and over. We must have said it six or seven times. And that was something I, I've, I mean, I've heard like, I've heard announcers in stadiums do a call and response three times with a player's name after a goal, but I've never heard the fans themselves just kind of keep going like that. And I actually really liked that. And I, I, I yelled that at the guy that was leading our chant. I was just like, that was cool. Let's do that every time. And, and we'll see. We, we might pick that up. We might not. But it spread a couple of sections away from us, which was cool to hear. So um, just keep coming up with ideas. And we've just got to build the culture and, and bring things up I mean, as I much think, as we can. I think a lot of it is people, like, I think there's this notion that, like, I don't know like maybe a little bit of awkwardness in terms of joining in, in chants or like maybe you stand out and that's fair, right? Cause when you start a chant, I know like it definitely brings attention and it can be really awkward when no one else joins in with you. But I think that there's just this non interactionist culture of like wanting to get involved because it's different. And like you said, I think it's as years go by the culture, you know, will change and adjust to that. I think it's also an issue of not knowing like when chants start because a lot of them are really simple, you know, like mm -hmm. Utah Royals FC or just Utah Royals, right? Or um, 
the shot song on corner kicks. That's like mm-hmm. probably the only instance of when you know exactly when it's coming. And so it's something right. that you can really get behind. Um, you know, Lola Bonta, when the Lola Bonta chant that we did was really easy because we knew it was coming in the ninth minute, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's a conglomeration of, a lot of different factors, but I'd really like to see it grow. I yeah. think though, Oh, sorry guys. Um, I think with just from going to soccer games, I definitely think there is a two different kind of soccer fans. The one that just go to watch a game casually sit on their seat. And then the ones that are actively participating. Um, and I think I've noticed that, you know, the supporters section, at least the games that I've been to have been the ones that carry the whole stadium. So I think if you want, and I don't know, and this is just my opinion, but I think if you want, want fan participation, I think, um, maybe even joining the supporters group and being rowdy because, um, that's where you can, I feel like you, that's where you can really be you and not really care what others around you say. Um, and I know that when I've gone to soccer games, even like just a couple of years ago, started going to U.S. soccer games. And for the first time ever, we sat with the American Outlaws, and that was the most fun I had at a soccer game because we were just standing and chanting the whole entire time. Where before that, I was just going, and I was just casually sitting watching soccer, which I feel like if you're going to go to a soccer game, um, you should have fun and a good time. So why not join the supporters group and be a part of what they got going on and trying to build too? But that's just my take. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And I, I think that ties back to something that Russell mentioned too, that it and I don't wanna sound I don't wanna sound negative about Utah because I, I love my state, but I, I think he might be kinda onto something with what he said about that that maybe Utahns aren't comfortable with what the quote unquote typical soccer culture is either is or is perceived to be. You get that image from, you see videos of other teams and there's, you know, the, 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 all the stuff Vircho wants, the smoke and the, 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 all the stuff going off and um, people dancing and waving flags and chanting and screaming. And um, we're, we're pretty laid back here. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are, are just maybe not into that and they feel like, uh, you know, I wonder how many people that turns away from even going to a game because they think, oh, we've got to go get all rowdy and crazy with those soccer people or, or you know, they want to cheer and sing, but they don't want to stand the whole game or they don't want to, you know, get completely into it, which I, which I totally understand and I would, I would much rather have people there than not, but... Um, you know, I think that's I, as it grows. Maybe that's something to keep an eye on, though. Is is to to try and do it in a in a way that includes everybody and and brings everybody together to support the team. Well, I mean, you know, now that you bring it up, and I thought about it, I think that you know, like the Utah culture is very sort of like reservationist. You know, and I and I and I talked about it a little bit, but I mean. When you really, really look at football or soccer worldwide, is that there is this connection to a community through a community culture. You know, um, for example, uh, one example being like Athletic Bilbao and La Liga. 
you know, they will only allow players in their academy or even on their team who are from that region or if they're like Basque, you know, that's one part of it. Um, if you go to um, Holland and, you know, this is my mom's hometown club, so that's what we'll use as the example, is so um, in Rotterdam in the 80s and 90s, um, like hard style, hardcore electronic music was really big in the underground. And when you look at um, the types of fan support or even just like club semi-official sponsored events, it's um, and even like goal celebration songs, um, it's sort of embedded in this hard style type of music. Um, you know, you have um, entire jo- genres of this hard style music that make songs like just for Feyenoord and just about Feyenoord. Um, and so I think that there's just not this culturally embedded group identity with the fans. And I think that's probably the biggest hamper as well as a sort of like reservationist type of thing. Um, I think that you sort of get that identity with the believe anthem, you know, specifically cause rhetorically it's brings unity, you know, we're supporting, um, you know, Real Salt Lake, but outside of that, you just don't really have it here. And I don't think it's even, I think it's a U.S. thing. I think with the American Outlaws, it's a lot better. I think with Atlanta United, it's a lot better with obviously Seattle and Portland. Um, But it's just this American soccer type of thing. Sorry, I'm going on on a very long rant here, but no. No, it's good. You know, I mean that that come that gets into my mind too, and I, I I have to beware of being too much of a like a America basher almost because we're watching the World Cup go on right now, and there are you know Panamanian players in tears singing their national anthem because they're just so happy they're at the World Cup, and watching the I mean the Colombia uh, Poland game the other day. Um, Every player, every manager and and training staff on the side, every person from both countries that the camera panned around the stadium, there wasn't a single person not singing their national anthem. And then they were chanting and and dancing and and all that stuff all day. And I'm sitting there watching that going, why, why don't we, you know, that's what I want. That's what I want to be a part of. That's, that's what soccer feels like to me, you know, being, being somebody who got into soccer, watching a a team in Germany years and years ago. uh, That's just kind of what my understanding of it's always been. So it's, it's tough for me. Um, you know, I go to America soccer games here in America and it's just, it's just not there. And I'm looking at everybody going, why aren't you guys like, shouldn't we be singing something or do we have a, do we have a chant for this or what are we doing? And, um, it's having sat in a, in a section that tries to do it for RSL for eight years now, like still we're kind of hit or miss with some of our chants where you know, some some of them work and people really love them. Some of them are kind of like, yeah, I don't I don't want to chant that. So, uh, it'll <laughs> yeah, it'll just take some time, and you have to find you have to find. I think maybe if I would say one thing that would be most important is, like, make come up with something unique to us. 
um, because there's, you know, there's a, there's a hundred teams that do some sort of chant to seven nation army and there's all kinds of uh, other, you know, well-known tunes that get reused over and over again. Um, that's one of the things about believe that I like is that that was, that was a totally unique thing here that I, I don't know anybody else chanting to those notes and, and in that cadence, uh, like we are here. So, um, I'm not, not saying everybody has to go out and write me a song tonight, but, um, but that's the kind of thing that makes that, that builds something for us where we can say, and I would, I would absolutely love for a Royals game to feel completely different from being at an RSL game where you go into there and you know, um, uh, that that's you you know you there's there's a vibe that you expect. This is what a Royals game is like when you go. Um, well, I heard that we'll just, the uh, first game, the first again the home opener, it had a whole different vibe. Um, you guys were there, so you could did it. Yeah, well, I'm, okay. Well, they had yeah because because they had the drumline guys mm. there, and um, which those guys haven't been there much lately. Although I think there were some. Some some people didn't like that because they were they would just drum con- constantly and it was hard to to do another chant that went with whatever they just happened to be doing at the time. So yeah, there was a lot the, of contradiction between what the capos were trying to do uh, and what some of the drum lines was trying to do, and so like the capo couldn't get their chants going because the drum line would do these generic chants, and that's fine. But I mean, you know, need to find some mediation to get on the same page there. Or maybe they go yep. on the opposite side. I don't know. Maybe. We we will have to see. Uh, I didn't see any other... Oh, Megan, our fellow writer on our social back, also asked when she can be on the show. Uh, so we'll have to we'll have to work on that one too. We can't be we can't be shutting out our own our own crew, right? Yeah. Can we go back and talk about this fan culture thing just a little bit more? Do Ooh, it. Are, what do you got? We have three minutes. Two minutes. Oh, we can go over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. I, Do it. I'm, I'm mixing this one so I don't feel bad. Uh, okay. Sending uh, Juan Andres Munoz a really long, really long podcast. So sorry. So sorry for the quality, everyone. Unless he randomly decides to pick it up. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? It was a thought. Oh, yeah. With fan culture. Um, oh, man. No, I just lost it. I just lost it. A thing I was going to no. say way back, which I may as well you know, bring in now because we were talking about the world cup and obviously, um, you know, Chile is not in the world cup, but there's like a, an anthem limit. I think it's of two minutes and their anthem goes over those two minutes. And so you can look up videos. They're fantastic of whole crowds and, you know, the team singing their national anthem on the top of their lungs, even after the music that FIFA is playing stops. Oh, and wow. that's pretty great. Um, oh, the other thing. If you have chant ideas, like, tweet at us. And I know we say, like, tweet at us or let us know every episode about different things. But, like, we really want to get a lot, a lot of interaction from you all. Like, don't, don't be shy about coming to us. Or at least don't be shy about coming to me. Um, send us some lines you have. If you have some good chants. I came up with a Kristen Press chant that was kind of crude i don't know <laughs> um but like 
send stuff our way. We want to read them, and I'm sure other people want to read them um, because it really is about like building a fan culture. And I feel like as a podcast, we're sort of constructing that culture a little bit. Um, yeah. At least I know with the Royals, it's been awesome doing the interviews, is that there is sort of this um, atmosphere of accessibility that we've been able to have um, with doing interviews and so that's, you know, culture is football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, is just as much sport as it is politics and culture, um, period. There's a big debate about that. What's, it's, it's not even a debate. You know, it's a fact. It's something that you can really dig into. Um, but those things are intertwined. And so I think it's, you know, building a team and building a culture are the same thing. And I think that the more intense in a positive way that soccer culture is obviously that's going to help the team um you know because building atmosphere is a lot anyways i've rambled a lot so i'm going to shut up now no that's cool yeah it's it's interesting like i was thinking about that when we were talking a minute ago though you mentioned politics like uh fc saint Pauli in in germany are this like massively liberal left-wing politics you know pro everything social um, and that's that's their like that's who their supporters are. You go into their stadium and they've got banners that are you know commentary on what's going on in German and even world politics at the time. And that's just kind of their that's what their hardcore ultra scene is. Um, there's a lot of interesting difference, but it's it, it but they I mean their fans love that. I had a I had a friend that I went to high school with who found out years later he was a big fan of that team because they they aligned with him politically and he found out there was a soccer team that was all about what he believed in and that's my team i don't care that they're in the third bundesliga and are terrible um you know so stuff like that is is always cool Um, you know whatever it is uh, yeah something that's unique to who you are i think i think i would definitely say you know that's something portland does really well is there's a lot about what Timbers Army and Rose City Riveters do that's unique to their city and they embrace their culture and who they are. Um, it's what makes them passionate. So oh, for sure. Do you want to know we a just, fun fact? Oh, sorry. What's a fun fact? No. Um, the, I mean, this is obviously deb- debatable, but the rivalry between Barcelona and Real Madrid is just as political as it is sport oh yeah yeah it's i mean you know barcelona um its existence is an act of rebellion against you know madrid fascism or if you go and you look at uh italy you know even lazio just it was last year they were like handing out um like these really really repulsive um and Frank comments comparing oh, wow. Roma fans uh, or even, um, you know, you look at Celtic and Rangers in terms of religion. Like, I don't know. Anyways, right. ranting a lot here, but um, soccer culture and politics are all really, really fun inter intertwining with one another. Which I don't think you For as sure. soccer is there yet. Oh, no. absolutely not. Absolutely maybe, not. Maybe, I don't know, maybe if the country splits in half or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. But, As, I mean, that 
that is how, I mean, I think in some ways you build the culture. But anyways, yeah, sure. ranted yeah. a lot. Sorry, y'all. Yeah. Get, it's okay. Get, get passionate right. about history. Mm, history. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't see any other questions on the Twitter feed. Uh, anything else? Any last parting shots? I just got an email from Carla, and I am chatting with Abby Smith tomorrow. So Sweet. Any, yeah, so if there's anything anyone wants to hear, uh, well, never mind. When does the show go live? I don't know. Anyway. It'll probably go live tomorrow. Okay, great. So if you're listening, chat with Abby at 4.15 Mountain Time, and you can uh, tweet at RFC Show, and... We will read those, and I can ask Abby whatever question. I have right, a question even, for Abby. Okay. Even though, yo, no, what is it? <laughs> oh, I just want to be friends with her dog. <laughs> oh, okay, for sure. Um, I was just thinking we can we can tweet that tonight. Oh, that's so right. That people don't have to wait to hear us say this tomorrow. Such a lame-o sometimes. Great. It's cool. Cool. Okay, well, I think that about wraps it up for us then. This has been episode 21 of the Royals FC Show. Thanks, everybody, for listening.